0: Margie Worthington podcast all day, all day, Dream by night. <laughs> Don't buy me a drink, just give me ten bucks. Hey, all day. <laughs> <laughs> Go down to the strip club with your floppy disk and turn it into a hard drive. Yeah, right. You'll get fucking thrown out by a Big Tony. <laughs> We're here to name names, make people feel more ashamed for shit that they're not proud of. Don't blow it. Keep it simple.
1: Count your money, or oh, whatever it is. <laughs>
0: Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Marky Worthington Comedy Podcast. This is Episode Forty Nine with Danielle Dropbear Curtis. You read that in the title, though. So um, I'll give you a quick rundown on the episode. Uh, Danielle is an MMA fighter um, that I've known for a few years now, and we get into that more in in the in the episode. Um, but we just talk about uh, combat sports in general, um, some of the effects of weight cutting. And uh, also transgender um, competitors fighting in female um, categories. So some uh, really good um, back and forth here and some, um, some really good content. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to this one as much as I enjoyed recording it. So uh, there's no dates coming up at the moment. Uh, obviously with the current lockdowns, we'll uh, sort of play it by ear when it comes to upcoming gigs. But as soon as they're out, you'll be able to check them out on my social media, which is Marky Worthington Comedy on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also check me out on Marky Comedy on Twitter. Um, but yeah, that's where I post all my main stuff. So go check me out. Make sure you give Danielle a um, follow as well and enjoy the episode. Cheers. I love, it. I love that it's the Marky Worthington Podcast with Marky (laughs) Worthington. Hey, welcome to the episode. Um, You heard the intro before this, so you know what number we're up to and everything like that, but special guests on the show. First time ever that I've had an MMA fighter on the show. How you doing? Welcome welcome yourself to the show and uh, say good day to the people listening.
2: Uh, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Danielle Dropbear Curtis. Uh, Dropbear is my fight moniker, which is your like fight nickname. Um, I live in Newcastle, Australia. Um, I love all things combat sports, so not just MMA, but you know boxing, Muay Thai, K1, kickboxing, all of those kind of things. Um, love the outdoors and my two Rottweilers
0: holy shit that 's uh, i I realized from the intro and gaming <laughs> and gaming there we go. you can tell by the setup behind me i 'm like um, the the gaming guy as well as this, but um
2: and music I guess that 's the other thing too that 's how we met right
0: yeah that 's true. I like how the intro to this. I just instantly threw you in the spotlight spotlight, like even comedians get a better intro to that when you 're walking out on stage. <laughs>
2: i get a better intro when i turn up to a fight
0: yeah i know I, I feel like i should just um re-record an intro that's just like some crazy like um sort of like the intro that Dredderick tatum gets in the intro at the start of the simpsons when he's w- walking out to like knock three shades of shit out of homer um Either
2: that or or like you need to look up the uh the old pride lady that does the intro introductions for like The fighters that walk out in the Pride
0: era, or like championship, yeah, she's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I do um I I did actually talk about um when in my last episode um when someone's on stage and they're just getting like the shit kicked out of them like verbally, you feel like Mo in that episode. You want to come in as the fan man and just airlift them out, um because like it's like your buddy is just copping like he's just eating eating balls on stage and he just is trying he's even trying his old material which he know he knows works and they just like and i'm only saying he Proud because
2: turned, the ground, turned against you by that stage yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah you're fucked like um
2: you're
0: done the thing is like i'm only saying he because every time it's ever happened it's been a bloke that i'm mates with <laughs> because um yeah, it's happened. Like, as an MC, sometimes you just you'll 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 be like, "Hey, welcome!" You'll, you'll like get everyone hyped up. Like, this dude's performed in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. He's like, blah blah blah. Like, I'm a I'm a hype man when it comes to comedy, but I feel like I'm just like behind the scenes when it comes to anything else. Like, it's the only thing I'm actually confident. Because um,
2: you feel
0: comfortable. Yeah, true. But like when when I was talking about um you know being on stage and like when i'm on stage and i'm like the crowd's not into it and stuff is there is there like a vibe when you're coming out do you have like certain like energy when when you're entering from for for a fight is it different
2: good question i think it depends on the kind of person you are some people really feed off of the crowd and they take their time when they're walking out and they look at the crowd and they interact with people and some people are so laser focused and they don't even look at the crowd but they just walk up they you know get patted down and they get the vaso on and they get in the cage and then they spend the time in the cage either pacing or just standing there staring at their opponent i'm probably the opposite of that one i'm the person that when i walk out i'm singing along to my music i'm looking at my friends in the crowd and i'm you know point at the commentators or the camera like i'm just having fun and yeah. I perform the best when i'm having fun yep. um but at the same time too i only really pay attention to the people that i want to pay attention to so like my first ever mma fight i was um it was like an away fight so i fought my i fought my opponent who was undefeated at the time she was like two and oh or three and oh and she would finished everyone in the first round so she had a couple of fights yep and it was in her hometown it was her coach's actual fight promotion that we were fighting on the entire like building was full of people from her hometown and her yeah hometown. yeah i just had my mom and like a couple of friends <laughs>
0: oh, holy shit
2: <laughs> you know i didn't care. <laughs> i was having the best time in my life and looking at my friends you know and my mum, who's screaming her head off and just like looking at the people where I've got to go and the cage, and singing along to my walkout song and whatever, I get in the cage, and then I'm just like chilling in the cage. Chilling, yeah. I think I even sort of danced along to whatever her walkout song was. I'm just looking <laughs> at the guy in the middle, getting ready for him to introduce me, and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of it depends on what kind of fighter you are. And also, like what you choose to pay attention to. Some people don't see anything or remember any of that stuff.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: Once you start fighting, the bell rings or the ref goes, "Yep, start." Literally, nothing else exists. Mm. So, the whole place could be on fire. Yeah. The cage could just about be on fire, and I would not know. I right. really know the referee there, other than when he's sort of jumping in between or if you're at the point where you're hitting someone heaps that you're looking at them like yeah come on (laughs) but other than that it's like you don't see anything else
0: that's insane
2: the crowd could be booing me and i wouldn't know
0: wow it's like um i feel like that to me is like the difference in my mind between um when i i keep like likening it to going out in front of a crowd for comedy as far as like the the crowd goes i'm not about to say it's like i'm fighting the crowd crowd. (laughs) yeah a crowd's a crowd um but at the same time it's like when the first few times that i go that people go out to do comedy they've said to me like i didn't even notice whether anyone was laughing i was just saying my jokes like just rehearsing them and like wasn't like some people will just go out and they just like smash out what they know their first five minutes and they're just like cool that's done and like i feel like the first time ever going um out to like a crowd is um finding that vibe off them and you're saying like going out for the first time fighting someone that the crowd is like the vibe seems more like towards them um did you notice like after the fight what was the result of that fight by the way
2: <laughs> uh, I, won, I won by tko so oh, fuck yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was a great it was a great night for me and um like i did a lot of damage to my opponent too so it wasn't like it was just over super quick it happened mm. uh about like i think it was 28 seconds or something into the second round so we'd had a whole first round um and i did do a fair bit of damage to my opponent in the Mm. first round Um, it was close to sort of getting stopped and she was very tough very tough um and the one thing like when you watch it back and i kind of knew that that's how it went and the one bit that i heard from the crowd was there's a point in how the fight ended is um I punched her and hit her and kicked her and eat her or whatever a lot, and so she's clinched up with me and we're against the cage, and and I could feel her sort of grabbing, kind of like, um, kind of like a headlocky kind of thing, but yeah. basically she's grabbing around the top of my body, and she's going to look to try and hip toss me to take me down, and I could feel that that's what she was trying to do. So, what I thought I was going to do was I'm going to like pull push off as she goes to throw me so it like overshoots and we both kind of no one sort of ends up on top yeah and it'll just be a scramble because i'm like i can win this scramble and i know i've already hurt her and um you know it's all good but as she's going to throw me and i've pushed off in the moment i've actually reversed it and put a hook in and so she's thrown me and i've ended up and then i've reversed it and then so i've ended up on top and then i've just (laughs)
0: yeah yeah
2: punch her a few times and um and the ref stopped it straight away and her corner actually threw in the towel as well because i'd already heard her quite a fair bit yeah yeah that was the one moment i do sort of recall a little yeah. bit is that you could hear the crowd because um like i had dominated that fight um when she hip tosses me you hear the crowd go like ah, oh, yeah and then it's like and then I reverse it immediately and it goes from all like, Oh
0: yeah oh Yeah, holy shit. That's, that's fucking then, insane.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of like a really cool way to finish my first part. Like I would mm. consider that that's a really cool highlight reel. Um, yeah And it's not sort of something that commonly happens either. Um and she was really lovely and we went and had, you know, drinks at the pub together later. Yeah. It was great. Um but you know you you wonder what it's going to be like um hanging out for the rest of the fights in the crowd um when the crowd i guess was against you but when you put on a good fight and stuff and you like get on the mic and you thank your opponent and that kind of stuff like that's who i am i don't hate any of my opponents Mm. i don't need to hate them to fight them Um, because it doesn't come from a place I need to hate them, to hurt them. I'm just, I just want to win. I'm just competitive. Um, so like if it ever came down to it, I wouldn't, I'd even happily fight someone that I'm friends with or that I've trained with, or even that, you know, was from the same gym for me. Only if there was a reason to fight them. Like if one of us is going to end up with a contract to the UFC, then sure, I'll fight my best friend because one of us is going to get that. Yeah. have any issues. Um so I do remember that moment and the crowd was awesome um when I was getting around like people from that town were asking for photos with me and stuff. Like I got photos of my opponent. Like I said went to the pub with her. Like it was great and I had a great time and I had heaps of people from that show follow me and be like, I remember you from your first ever fight mm. and um even people that were friends um and cheering for my opponent. So that was really cool. Cool. But there is one thing that's like, you know how you said when you first go out, when you do comedy, how you just read your yeah. or whatever, you're not necessarily waiting to hear or able to hear the crowd. Yep. For, for me as a fighter, I have that, but it's not about the crowd. It was about listening or hearing my coaches. like my first three fights i never heard a word they said Mm,
1: mm.
2: and they're screaming and they're banging their hands on the like on the um outside of the cage and i remember sort of maybe one or two things from i think my second or third fight um but i didn't hear them at all and which was really funny after my first fight people were like oh my god you listened to your coaches and did exactly what they said i was like what really i didn't hear i didn't hear them at all not one bit but i just did what we had worked and drilled yep um so i guess it was the same thing that they were saying or you know yeah it's really interesting and i had to learn to actively while i'm fighting try and listen for their instructions yep and pick their voice out of the
0: crowd yeah no that's that's really interesting um there's um i don't really have a lot like recently to like relate with with um MMA. i've I, I love how i'm trying to turn this into a story about me and my fucking me doing karate <laughs> as an eight-year-old but um i love it yeah that's my uh, claim to fame there uh so <laughs> the um <laughs> but um so what belt did
2: you get to
0: i got to brown to to uh second so oh, yeah. four, fourth key brown yeah you're looking at him um anyway so <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: go on go on <laughs>
0: Yeah, like you know the um, the martial arts system, how it's just like um, well, the one that I was with was actually really good, but I since then have like as an adult tried to go to a couple of like trad ma schools, and they're like, hey, you get a yellow belt after you've been here for a week. Like, here you go, dude. Thanks for paying for the year. Yeah. Hey, if you if you sign up for a year, we give you green straight away. Like, and it's.
2: The last gym I was at, <laughs> we'd be there on like a weekend, um, yeah. you know, doing training and sparring and like the fight teams doing advanced stuff and whatever. <laughs> and we're all like white and blue belts in Jiu Jitsu because um, with Jiu Jitsu, it does have belts, but it's not like those other ones like karate and Taekwondo and yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Like if you're under um, 16, um around 18 unless until you become 16 that's the only time that you can become a blue belt which in jiu-jitsu it goes white blue purple brown black yep and they have a separate kids ranking like kids belt. so okay. they're like yellow orange sorry gray yellow orange so they've got their own um yeah actually can't get a blue belt um and they're not allowed to compete against adults until a certain age level yeah um and so we had a good laugh because we're all in there you know (laughs) um white and blue belts and um these little little kids were coming in doing some like um like mma class sort of grappling bjj and i'm talking you know like six to ten maybe four to ten years old and there's this tiny kid and he's got a taekwondo outfit on and he's got a black belt and we all just had a little giggle to ourselves like boy we've got a black belt in the gym (laughs) can you feel that (laughs) he's gonna kick our asses
0: (laughs) holy shit oh man yeah so the the school i was with was actually fairly good um but yeah we've seen some since then It's just been dodgy like when it comes to assigning belts and stuff um but um having said
2: money people keep coming
0: yeah and and the problem is the ones that are like honest don't tend to make as much money so that yeah. they don't thrive as much now the one i was with is still going it's like strong but that's because that's because they have been doing it for so long and actually like and they and also they've evolved with time like it was only like back then it was like boxing and kickboxing and traditional martial arts and they used to do bjj yeah, yeah. as well but it was like um not as common whereas now they've branched out to do like mma and like all that other stuff as well and they've got a cage and like they've they've like evolved over the over yeah, the no. time but anyway i'm just yeah but the cool thing was um the some of the instructors there were instructors from when they used to do like full contact um uh sparring with like the ski mitts and a mouth guard that was it
2: yes
0: <laughs> and um old school coaches yeah so they would like high this is like back in the 80s they would hire out like a basketball court um with like the wooden floors and uh you'd rock up put your name in a hat and just you would have to like f- just fight whoever you got there was no like divisions or anything it was yeah. like fight club shit <laughs> and um and uh yeah like um one of the dudes was telling me he's like man we all go in there one night uh one afternoon for the uh for a tournament and we walk in and there's this dude just doing high turning kicks and he's kicking the net on the basketball um yeah like he's jumping and doing kicks or like just showing off basically he was warming up you know uh, <laughs> he was just flexing in front of everybody um Love it. so the, the trainer i was talking to about he says i go in there and um and obviously this is going to be a good story about him because he wouldn't be telling He's, it if it was how he got his ass kicked by the dude that was showing off in front of everybody um but yeah basically he said like that adrenaline rush that you were talking about that you just like the tunnel vision like anything else could be happening he's like yeah of course the first name i pull out is uh, old mate kicking the basketball net <laughs> so he said he was so tall i had to like because he's he was shorter. Um, and he's, he said it was so tall. I was like, I wanted to try and like land a punch on his face, like instantly, to try and get like in his head, like just be, yeah. you know, like the first thing I'm gonna do is just prove to you that like I don't care, and like make this make it, yeah, make it like a psychological fight. After that, you know, um, he said the fir- he goes yeah. to he's he sort of like comes in hot and doesn't realize that because he's so tall he can't even like reach this guy's face so he backs up and runs and jumps and and just gets past his guard and lands it on the dude's face knocks him out instantly
2: that's amazing
0: um (laughs) so so yeah that there you go there's my um there's my fight club story for you (laughs)
2: well well, i think you get kicked out of fight club talking
0: about it good (laughs) reference yeah yeah damn good thing i wasn't in it yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: it's like it's it's got it it's got a good 30 years on me that fight club um but yeah anyway that's that's me trying to make myself relatable in in a in a um in a i love the uh i love
2: the psychological uh, war,
0: yeah, yeah, fight. um, uh, you,
2: people ask me that all the time because I smile when I fight, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's um,
2: are you doing that on purpose? No, I just really like fighting.
0: That's that's awesome. Uh, so I actually um had a question about um, you that you already covered off. Someone asked what um belt you were, um, in uh, BJJ.
2: Oh, in jiu jitsu. Uh,
0: yeah, in jiu yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, blue belt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blue
2: belt. yeah
0: cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so oh, they well they they didn't just say what belt, belt are you. They were just like. If they do have, if yeah, what 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 belt is it? Yeah. It wasn't just like a straight up so, like what I'm belt gonna... are you? <laughs> <laughs> Size twelve. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> no, um, no, I got my blue belt from Jamie Ballard. Um, because I've predominantly done um only no gi and so a lot of places don't give out rankings if you only do no gi um, because obviously belts you only need a belt if you have a gi um so if you're not wearing the gi, you don't particularly need a belt but we still got ranked um even though we're no gi so some places do that like obviously eddie bravo does so planet that kind of stuff so it is coming in a lot more especially gyms that are no gi orientated um or like mma orientated um so yeah i mean i predominantly only well i think i've worn a gi like maybe twice in the last three or four years so yeah right yeah i don't train gi really um
0: yeah okay that's interesting so like that's the the, there's two sort of main ways of looking at it just for like listeners and that that might not be completely aware of how that works so there's like gay and no gay styles or
2: yeah in graphic in, in specifically in bjj so yep. in jiu-jitsu so there's gi which is the kimono looking yeah <laughs> bathrobe yeah um yep <laughs> and no <laughs> gi is obviously where you see is getting around in like rash guards and yeah shorts or spats yeah types those kind of things but within competing in grappling there's also different rule sets so Mm. even if you just say gi or no gi so you can compete in either yeah um but then there's competitions which are points based and the points are awarded um off of position
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, obviously if you submit someone then the match is over awesome you win but other than that there's a time limit and you have um however many points and the points are for like positions like getting to the back or getting to mount passing their guard taking them down sweeps those kind of things Mm. Um, and then there's the types where it's a sub only so you either then in, in sub only you're you know you've got to win by submitting them but within that you have two different versions where you have a no time limit um some matches can be no time limit so you literally can only win by subbing someone yep okay. but majority of matches will be like say five minutes um and so how you win if it goes to decision is based on who's attempting the most submissions and is actively looking to try and finish the match and then you have like adcc which is one of the biggest no no geeks grappling tournaments uh in the world um and it's actually half half so the first half of the match is no points sub only and the second half of the match is is points so there's different things so like depending what you want to compete in so you can compete in all of them but like when you've got a particular comp coming up, you probably change the way that you are training for that because there's a different emphasis on what you need to do and what your opponent's probably going to be doing. Um, Because like with points, there's a lot of people who are point fighters or point players and they literally just want to get those positions and rack up points. They don't care about risking the position for a sub in case you get out. Yeah. Okay. Um, Whereas sub only they've, to go for the sub which does give you those avenues to potentially escape or reverse or 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 whatever so yeah okay there's heaps of different things and then obviously you've got wrestling as well so Mm. wrestling competitions and that's sort of different again and then if you're training for an mma fight you're gonna um place being on top and being able to also strike and make sure that while you're grappling you're not going to get hit so again that's even different again in how you train it so it depends what you've got coming up and i um like compete in all of those things so it's about knowing what you're going to go and comp- compete in and how to just change and tweak your training and what the focus is for a specific thing that you want to yeah. compete in
0: yeah it's into that that covers off a lot of the questions actually there was a few questions about like styles and um like do you train um do you train um like bjj um gay, no gi, that sort of stuff so you basically covered off a lot of questions there in that um block
2: i also really love wrestling so i mean i think wrestling is really really important for mma and actually make your jiu-jitsu a lot better
1: um mm.
2: yeah because they're they're kind of similar but really different at the same time as well because jiu-jitsu is about sort of going with the flow and taking what they give you and using it against them whereas like wrestling's about imposing your will and forcing them and so like you can find times where both are useful yeah yeah it's really interesting and then obviously I do striking and stuff as well so a lot of striking um, and I again compete in different disciplines in that as well so I've also fought in Muay Thai and Muay Thai and then I was looking for some boxing fights at one stage as well uh, but I couldn't get a match uh which seems to be a common problem for me um but yeah so i'm happy um, i just compete in everything i just love combat sports and fighting so yeah you do anything really that's
0: good It's um what you're saying about mixing it up it's a bit like when you switch to like um to um dumbbells from a barbell at the gym and you go back to the bar and you're just like putting up more weight because you're like tried a different technique or style and then you come back and you're like oh i mixed it up and now i've like you know trained a different yeah. muscle i guess um it'd be the yeah, same
2: yeah i mean even if your goal is always to get a better bench but you will do it you know accessory work or you'll do you know supersetting with some other exercise or like you said dumbbells or whatever but it's still always going to make you better at your bench and that's how i feel about con- Competing rather than sitting around and just waiting for MMA fights. Well, I'm going to go and compete um, in those other disciplines. Mm. No, but you have to be at a level where you know the difference because there's a lot. They aren't the same. There's a lot of differences. And doing having an MMA fight style and not adjusting anything going into a boxing fight will get you hurt. Yeah. Muay Thai. Um, yeah. Okay. Knowing what you need to change so you have to have that level of skill and understanding to be able to just jump between them Mm. um but at the same time going and doing those things as long as you do understand that when you come back to mma after doing a boxing fight that you can't you know be ducking your head because you're going to get head kicked or kneed in the face Uh, as long as you understand those things um going and having a boxing fight and against a boxer is going to make you a better boxer or like better with your hand and you can take that back to MMA because you're competing against the people that are good at that one particular thing. So you're going to test yourself against someone who's like very good at that one thing. Um, And then obviously it comes back to your ability to put it all back together to take it back to MMA. Um, But yeah, I mean, as long as you're competing and being active, you're always going to get better.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, You're talking about um, sort of still training, although it might not be in MMA. Um, What sort of uh, exercise and um, training are you doing at the moment being in lockdown?
2: (laughs) Whatever I can do. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to stay active and uh, like essentially not get fat and too out of shape. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I never invested enough money in my own home gym setup, which I am going to do. Mm. Um, and I'm definitely going to fix that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like home workouts and shadow boxing. And obviously, um, it's a really good time to work on the stuff that a lot of people lack, which is, you know, like mobility, you know, a little bit of flexibility, but mostly mobility, um, and like rehab and just, um, you know, making sure, I guess this is a great time to recover and probably do things that I haven't done where like let those injuries that i've just pushed through and managed um actually do like rehab or prehab on it um so those kind of things and then also like your goal setting and your visualization um you know all of that kind of stuff um that you normally you know you do do but you probably don't have as much time for and then obviously i'm just doing like workouts so like strength and conditioning walking my dogs all the time because i can get out of the house um and they're just yeah. beautiful enough love them um and you know yeah, <laughs> lots of skipping and lifting stuff yeah <laughs>
0: yeah that, that's um i feel like everybody became a fucking home gym expert as soon as um everything shut like yeah the amount of dudes i see that i'm like mates with you just see like them just randomly like throwing fucking tires around in their backyard and stuff like just trying the
2: cost of home gym stuff went through the roof yeah
0: (laughs) yeah and everybody that like that i was like looking at that had home gym stuff that i'm like dude look how much room that takes up and how much money you spent on it and now they're laughing yeah yeah but um you mentioned before like uh there, so there was in in case people didn't realize how i just sandwiched that question in there there was actually a question about like training during lockdown so i mean if it didn't seem like i just um organically put that in there i'm going to show you behind the curtain <laughs> how much i um intentively did that um So yeah in case i got away with it i need to now tell everybody that um i did that on purpose um
2: if you if anyone's actually like uh you know wanting to find some other motivation and that kind of stuff too there's so many different pages on on social media at the moment like instagram facebook all of that kind of stuff of you know personal trainers or you know qualified coaches and stuff that are running like online sessions paid or free a lot of people putting out free content so i mean like that's the other thing too i've been supporting businesses that support me and people that i've sort of you know been a part of my journey with strength and conditioning or training and that kind of stuff as well so you know um they're all putting out heaps of cool content so
0: yeah awesome that's so good that that...
2: without any equipment so
0: that's also good because it deflects people to actually look up the professionals instead of listening to me talking about throwing tires around in your backyard (laughs) totally covers me um (laughs) if any actually fuck it if anyone's come here for my advice on anything you're in the wrong place like if you're watching this podcast (laughs) you also have the internet look up a fucking professional and don't listen to my bullshit
2: you know or, or do it at your own um <laughs> uh, i guess i need the word they do it at your own discretion you know. yeah. disclaimer if you follow my advice and it is not my fault <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I, I feel like that should just be the fucking rule for life if you do anything take ownership of your own bullshit. um but yeah you mentioned um like before um oh actually something that i wanted to bring up from the first um from the start of the podcast you spoke about your first fight causing a lot of damage that's a fucking mad way to put it but let's just talk about that for a second what's it like when you're fighting someone and you can just see them getting open up is there like um, is there like defense, a mental part getting over well two things like there's probably two parts to this question because we're talking about the mental like the head game of a fight and that sort of thing do you find that that like at first may affect you or still affects you when you see like the damage you're doing but also the second part is the damage on yourself
2: like when you know that you're hurt cool great question um you know when you've hurt someone and also it is so satisfying and i'm not a like okay so i do mma and stuff but i'm not a angry or violent person yeah like i've never been in a fight outside of like a sanctioned actual fight with another person that's trained for a very long time i've yeah. literally never been in a fight outside of an actual cage or ring or yeah, you okay. know, training um but it is so satisfying being able to put into action what you've trained so being able to because when you spar and stuff too you're not trying to hit your training partners as hard as you can yeah you'll hit the bag as hard as you can and you'll hit pads, but that's not a real person so it's not a real test of your skill to see how you actually get in because a person moves and they try and hit you back and they defend mm. so being able to land something flush and really hard is so satisfying yeah yeah you know when you've hurt someone and yeah when you see them open up and stuff it's so weird though like I said before about how I mean you're so zoned in and focused on that person and what you're doing because you're fighting for your life and you've got adrenaline happening and you know you've got that tunnel vision though I don't it doesn't it doesn't register like if if i did that in the street or something you know if i if someone lunged at me and i hit them and that opened them up even as a self-defense thing i'd be like holy crap i've hurt that person yeah yeah but it's so different in the cage because that's what you're there to do and it's like i can see that as a sign of i'm winning yeah so you need to think of it in a different frame of mind because it is a different frame of mind they're also a trained person um who's going to do that to you if you don't do it to them um and realistically the injuries that i've gotten from mma generally you know haven't been that bad most of my worst injuries in life have been from like netball touch footy like Mm. those kind of things um obviously when you your nose bleeds or you get a cut so i've had a, a nice cut here below my eyebrow which required stitches just blood, a little bit of scar tissue which you break up like it wasn't really that bad. The worst things for me are injuries that have happened in training not even fights Um, but you know also when you get hit and adrenaline's this amazing thing. You can get punched so hard and you are aware that your body is not responding to it and you feel the pressure Mm. but it's not it's not exactly pain like what it would be if you who weren't in that fight aspect so i yeah yeah like i think of it like if you go to the dentist and you got to get something done and they give you like anesthetic or yeah. like you know you're going to get i don't know stitches and they give you anesthetic whatever it is when they give you anesthetic you don't feel pain but you feel the pinch or you'll yeah. feel the pressure or you'll yeah. feel you know you you feel the action but you don't feel the actual pain that's that's what i would say it's like so you can feel that your brain's not right if you get rocked you're like oh okay that's that long got me um but it's not a hurt the bit where it hurts is like if you've eaten some leg kicks and you sit down between rounds and you've had that minute where you're coming back down and you're like trying to listen to your coach and take it all in and then you go to stand back up and you're like yeah actually that did hurt Mm. um had a moment actually like that in my muay thai fight where my opponent kept teeping me which is front kicking um but she kept teeping too low oh and it was right on the pelvic bone right right on the tip of the pelvic bone probably like four times in a row in like a two minute round Um, and i was so angry (laughs) yeah yeah she wasn't intentionally doing it. It was mm. just that, like, she wasn't fast enough. And, and I don't know, maybe fleck long enough, or like I was coming in too quick. So she wasn't getting her leg up high All enough the way
0: yeah, yeah
2: to get me in the stomach area. And it was just constantly, yeah. And so, like, in between rounds, I, like, in the fight, I knew she was doing it, but it wasn't impacting me. And yeah. so as soon as I walked over to my corner, yep. I was like, and you know take a breath i was like that actually really hurts yeah and I was like she keeps teeming me
0: yeah yeah Fuck.
2: <laughs> <You know>. yeah. <laughs> and i was so angry in my corners because you've only got a minute but by the time you walk over there and they get in there and then the time it takes them to get out like you've only really got like 30 seconds and so they're like yeah yeah i know don't who cares hit her with it and i'm like what what are you saying and they're like trying to like get my to be like, this is what I need you to do. Everything's going good. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's also interesting. Um, but yeah, it's a, definitely a thrill when you hurt your opponent. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. It's like a physical representation. You're trying
2: to hurt them, but you're winning.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like a, yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's like a, a physical representation of your training.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the most satisfying thing is that, like, you can be really good in the gym so like there's always people that are like killers in the gym but they just can't put it together in the cage and then you've got people that are the opposite that don't really stand out in training or anything but when they're in the cage and it's like the switch yeah. you know they they flip the switch and they're just animals and then you've got the people that are just good all the time or not so good um but yeah it's really that self-gratification of being like well, i have trained that and to land the thing that i've actually trained means that i've gotten better and yeah because you, you know it's a skilled opponent it's not like other sports where you go oh i want to learn to play soccer and they go cool turn up on sunday and we'll show you how to play and you can mm-hmm. jump straight in like yeah. you can't do that in combat sports they, they won't allow you so you know you'll probably train for at least a year if, you know um you may do less if you're only doing a single discipline but if, in mma most people train for a year two years sometimes even more before they have their first fight so you know you're not rocking up against someone who's got no experience
0: yeah yeah it's like um like you're saying about like you you only fight against people that uh have trained and like know that are in the same sort of space as you when it comes to um the like respect i guess
2: absolutely uh so you get better fights when you match well, people with similar abilities and experience
0: yeah true that um like that that makes sense to to look at it from like weight class and and that sort of thing like we mentioned before about different um different levels of skill and and uh, styles um and one of the actually one of the questions that we had come through is what weight class do you um, regularly um fight in
2: Um, so I had been fighting a lot, um, predominantly in my MMA career at Featherweight, but, um, I was getting too small for that one really. Um, so I'm actually fighting from now on, um, at Bantamweight, which is, um, 135 pounds or in kilos is 61.2 and Featherweight was um, 65.8. So... In MMA, it obviously has quite a big jump between them, um, you know, so it's taken a little while to get to the point where I can comfortably say, yep, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm a band of weight now.
0: So, yeah. 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 So what's, the, um, have um, you had to- The
2: other fight styles though,
0: are different. Oh, right, so, yeah, no, I'm just like jumping in um we're we're talking about uh, weight classes and 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 also something that we wanted to chat about was um was um cutting weight whats have you ever experienced like having to cut or gain weight for for a um fight?
2: Yes, so like pretty much every fight doing some form of like weight cutting, which is you know obviously a number of things, diet, you know, planning and training and all of those things to bring down your weight uh, throughout fight camp, so the period before a fight. But carb loading, salt loading, water loading, and obviously getting rid of sugars, salt, carbs, um, and essentially dehydration as well as a low fiber or low residue diet in the last little stint as well just to remove some dead weight um, because fiber is dead weight in the bottom of your stomach because it takes a long time to break down. So low fiber, um, but yeah, water loading, um, which is quite a common practice in MMA as well, which Mm. will lead into sort of like a form of dehydration. And so that's either like heat baths, you can do saunas or like sauna like sweatsuits or you know yeah all those kind of options um yeah but it's all kind of really science based um but my second ever mma fight <laughs> um, i did the biggest weight cut i'd ever done and i did it all wrong and um i was not in very good shape yeah right leading into that fight it's still my favorite fight of all time yeah so the, the beginning of fight camp, I was pretty much 80 kilos, so like 79 something, so pretty much 80 kilos. Mm. And in eight weeks, I weighed into fight at 63.
0: Holy shit!
2: <laughs> and like, I, I'm not a heavyweight, I'm not like 120 kilos, so 17 kilos isn't that much. Yeah, yeah, going from like 80 to 63, and you're not a gigantic human yeah that was yeah that one was rough and it was all done wrong and part of the the reason to why um like i did the last like seven kilos in a day and a half two days the last two days um which is insane um
0: yeah that's crazy yeah
2: yeah um so part of the reason was a lot of things went wrong in the lead up to that fight and I had injuries. I had bone bruising on the heel of one foot and I'd like wrecked all the ligaments and tendons on the outside of my ankle on the other foot, playing touch footy, actually refereeing touch footy. Um, So I was in a bad shape. Like I couldn't really do much training, like being on my feet or even like cycling or rowing or whatever still puts a lot of of pressure on your feet so i couldn't do that and i was trying to manage that so i could still fight and then i was also trying to drop weight um but also having enough energy to get through the training sessions that i did need to do and then essentially it was just a really long process of being really 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 dehydrated to make that weight. yeah because i didn't want to miss weight and i i looked like a drug Addict, pretty.
0: Yeah, yeah, right.
2: On the scales because all my water was gone. I stopped producing saliva like over a day before the the weigh in. Um, My mum had come down to visit me, like, my cheeks were all like sucked in. I was super skinny and I was so dehydrated. Um, I couldn't even chew chewing gum because I didn't have any saliva to chew it. Jesus. And it got to the point where, like, half an hour or an hour before lanes and my mum had traveled down to see me and you know super frail and stuff um and i was she was talking to me and i was trying to talk to her and i was like i can't have a conversation with you right now because it was that bad that my like mouth my lips my gums were sticking to my teeth and i like
0: couldn't couldn't talk properly holy shit
2: yeah it was really bad I probably should have gone to hospital and been on like an IV drip um like that's how bad it was yeah um and so the, the way in the 24 hours before the fight I made the wait um I then all I had thought about for two months for eight weeks was a burger and chips and um like I waited for my food we had like a press conference thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was smashing as soon as I stepped up those scales, I was putting liquids. Yeah,
1: in.
2: yeah. And I knew I had to get lots of liquids in before I could eat. And it was a couple of hours later. By the time you know that finished, we went to the food place. We ordered food. We got the food, and I the whole time we were waiting, smashing liquids. So it'd been a few hours i still wasn't producing like a proper amount of saliva again yet yeah i picked up this chip on my plate and i was so excited i put it in my mouth and like the potato just coated my mouth and i like i couldn't swallow it holy shit and i couldn't chew it and i was like i just about had like i sat there yeah a bunch of my friends (laughs) and my mom and all i talked about was going to and it was grease monkey yeah in in canberra yeah um
0: shout out hit me up for sponsors
2: shout out to (laughs) Monkey. yeah yeah (laughs) that's actually the place i always go to um whenever i fight canberra even now um (laughs) <laughs> and i ate that chip and i just about sat there and cried
0: yeah cause because you I couldn't Fuck.
2: and then everyone else had finished theirs yeah mine went cold and it was like another hour or two hours till it got to the point where i could eat then and i ate and then that night so the night before the fight into the next morning i didn't sleep i set an alarm because i looked up like what to do when someone's super dehydrated mm and I set an alarm for every hour because I realize it doesn't matter how much I drink, the body can only absorb-
0: So much, yeah.
2: So much in a certain amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just pointless and I'm potentially going to become like hyponatremic by drinking so much water and not replacing like your electrolytes, oh, yeah. sodium, potassium, magnesium, those things. Um, so yeah, I set a, an alarm every hour to wake up and drink more liquid. And so I didn't sleep the night before the fight (laughs) or the next day leading up to the fight. Jesus. You know, you're getting ready and that's the worst part. And so I felt like I had heat stroke or. Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: You felt, you felt like how, you felt like how Brian from the cigarette packet looks.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I look like Brian.
0: Yeah, fuck
2: yeah. Um, I I look so pale. (laughs)
0: on That's one thing. At least Brian's got a nice tan.
2: So I don't... Yeah, see, I was like, I'm going to put on some makeup so I don't look so bad. So I put on makeup. But when you look at the photos of me from that weigh-ins, I was like, I look at them, I was like, yeah, the makeup didn't work.
0: (laughs) 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 Jesus Christ.
2: And, um... Yeah, so weight cutting is Brutal. way more scary, way more dangerous and sucks than the fight. The fight's the fun part. So I went into that fight feeling like the one of the worst feelings I've ever had. You know, I felt tired, I felt exhausted, I felt sick. Like I felt like I was recovering from, from the flu while having heat stroke, while I mm. hadn't eaten properly and that kind of stuff. Like, and three round war that one fight of the night. So, even though everything went wrong, and I actually lost that decision, and it was razor razor close. And yeah, um, in the last round, like, I that round was mine, and I did so much damage to my opponent in that round. Um, like, it, it could have been stopped multiple times throughout that but it was just so close and she was so tough that every time I'd hit her with like a whole bunch of unanswered shots and the referee would go to step in that she would just be like nah and throw something back and then yeah it was such a war yeah Um, fuck so it taught me a lot taught me never to cut weight like that again yeah proper advice and seek professionals and do things the right way and that you don't have to take every fight you know or you know if you're injured maybe consider pulling out i'm so glad i did it though because i learned a lot of lessons and really 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 tough but i also put one of the best performances that a lot of people know me for and a lot of people remember because i also ended up in a really bad situation in that fight where i definitely lost the second round and people thought i was about to get finished like she had a rear naked choke on me and i got out of it and people were like oh well you know thought it was over and then yeah come back and stop her multiple times in that last round and like it was a big deal and it was people still talk to me about that fight now being like i remember that fight and it was amazing and you know um both of us got i guess a lot more well known because of that fight yeah because it was such war and it was so back and forth across Mm -hmm. the the rounds. and i got to learn what i'm capable of and i also got to unlock a bit i guess in my brain of going i don't care how tired you are i don't care how hurt you are i don't care what you're feeling but you can do this and you can push through it even when you feel like you're literally dying yeah you can do those things so that's also helped me a lot with mentality and training um so like on the days where you do like the hectic training like power rounds or like crazy shark tanks and that kind of stuff is that people be like other people in the gym sometimes would be like wow you're really fit and i'm like no i'm not i'm dying on the inside but also on the inside i'm screaming at myself going you could do it 10 more reps like yeah oh, you yeah do it. you've done this before so yeah it was crazy experience and weight cutting is incredibly dangerous so seek professionals and don't go through those things because that's probably taken it's definitely going to impact me later on in life and it took me a long time to actually for my body to properly recover yeah. from that. <laughs> I had some ongoing issues because of it um, but now there's so many people out there like one of the best people in the game that works with UFC fighters is here in Australia which is the the fight dietitian, um, and he works with and his team work with heaps of combat athletes as well as you know just other athletes and normal people that need help with nutrition yep. so you know yeah i don't need to do silly things anymore
0: i think a lot of um I, lo- I like how much um sort of science is brought into uh sports and fighting and just things in general like we we're talk- talking about things like um like cte in um like american yeah. football and all that sort of shit. Um, well i mean it's everywhere but that seems to get the greatest exposure because you know it's a game of um exposure when it comes to like you know more fans and bigger like bigger budgets and all that sort of shit yeah so um but yeah it's good that like th- that it has come and there's people that are actually paying attention to that sort of shit um so yeah that that helps yeah. it come a long way but um you've uh, you got time to get going about another 15 yeah or like 10 yeah
1: yeah absolutely. yeah cool cool whatever
0: i'm not even going to edit that out i'm just going to tell get, that's a little behind the scenes you get to see behind the scenes of the fucking the, the that's the this is the director's cut um
2: <laughs> the extent
0: yeah I've got, I've, <laughs> yeah, exactly this is this is the one this is the one that pops up in the dvd menu when you've already watched the movie once um that's it but yeah so we're talking about um different divisions weight classes um different styles and all that sort of stuff there's an ongoing debate at the moment um whether or not um trans fighters should fight in their transitioned um class or um division uh have you ever had any sort of experiences um from your end that it working in the in the in the field
2: i have pretty strong opinion on this Um, and the opinion is based on um, some facts around the human body and physiology and the strong competitive advantage Mm -hmm. uh, that's there but also from personal experience so I have actually grappled against a trans person um, that was about 20 something kilos bigger than me and and yeah that was actually my first ever grappling comp um and my first ever match so first it was ever. a first ever holy and shit. so so keep in mind this was only a couple of years ago so i had had mma fights Yep. um prior to that so most people who compete in grappling comps though in their first grappling comp usually grappling bjj is like their first thing so, a lot of people do it the opposite way to me. Um, I've kind of done everything
0: back to front. Now. Yeah. Um, some,
2: yeah, yeah. They do, you know, like grappling and maybe some boxing and kickboxing and then do an MMA fight. Whereas I was just like, oh, I trained, did an MMA fight and then did everything else later. Then went, oh, I probably should do those things. Um, <laughs> so, it was a sub only comp. Right. And so, with with grappling comps, similar to all combat sports that you do have weight divisions. The women's weight divisions, because there's less females, um, are a lot bigger range than men's generally. So where men's might have a division every four, five kilos, in some grappling comps, the women's are like every 10 kilo intervals or like eight or something like that. It depends what comp. so there's that and then it gets to a certain weight and it's just that and above. Um, and then on top of that, so that's obviously at your belt level. So you'd be white and all your different weight divisions, blue and all your different weight divisions, et cetera, et cetera, Yep. But then there's the option where comps either have one or the other and some comps have both where you have an open weight at whatever your belt division is. So if you're a white belt, you can compete in your weight division, but you can also compete in open weight, which is just everyone who's a white belt. So you can be 40 kilos and you can go up against someone who's 90 kilos, if that's who's there competing on the day. Yep. There's also a division called absolute, which is all weights and all belt levels. So you could be a 40 kilo white belt going against a 90 kilo black belt, but it could also be the other way around where, you know, you're a 40 kilo black belt going against a 90 kilo white belt. You know, um, so this was my first comp. Sub only, um, they were five minute matches. Um, however, I was I went in my division as well as the open weight and the open weight was actually before weight division. So that um, because there was a cash prize for winning the open weight. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, so because there's more on the line and you're gonna potentially be competing people of all different sizes. Yeah, like first. Um, right, okay and so the gold medal match for that division because it was a cash prize was no time limit right so you had to win by sub so there was three of us that nominated and this is at white belt to go in that division um so i magically got a buy and it's the only buy i've ever had in any and so i made it straight through to the final yep which meant that my first ever match and my first ever comp was a no time limit match and the trans athlete made it through and
0: by beating their first opponent our opponent match
2: went for 40, 40 minutes yeah yeah they beat their first opponent they yep. had heaps of they've been in heaps of grappling comps Yeah. By that stage, probably like 14 or so.
0: And and did you see Um, the first fight?
2: So, yeah, i seen them. Yeah, I watched it. It didn't go for very long.
0: Yeah, right, okay. So,
2: again, this is my first comp, my first match, and I went in with the mentality of, like, because I had no... Like, even when I was fighting, when I first started fighting, I didn't really do much grappling. And so it wasn't until I moved up to Newcastle that I actually started really grappling. So... Um, that's probably why I didn't compete because I didn't really do much of any of it yeah <laughs> and um, so first comp, first match there would have been like a 20 or more 20 something kilo difference and Ooh. our match went for 40 minutes and there was a point in time like I got sort of like slammed into the ground pretty hard quite a few times um and i got slammed with like the shoulder into my face at one point as well and i had a blood nose and i had to stop the match and clean the mats yeah and it was pretty crazy but i went into it with the mentality of being my first comp i i don't want to get hurt to the point where i can't fight or anything like that so mm. you know, if i get caught in the sub or something or if i'm unsure i'm just gonna tap like yeah, i don't okay. care about you know, I made a letter local that bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, first few minutes <laughs> I got like slammed and stuff and this person just tried to like the top of my head and like twist it and it wasn't Jeez. even a submission. They didn't even have any like, like
0: grip, um, like prop, um, proper stance, the proper grip hold. or anything. They were just, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it wasn't a technique thing. It was yeah. just purely a strength thing because they yeah. were so much stronger and i grapple like my whole every gym i've ever been in has been like 99 percent guys yeah and then even then with the gyms that i've been at that have had any girls generally they don't fight Mm. um so they just you know casually train um and and that's it so I, i only train with guys yeah and I grapple guys every day and mm. a lot of guys are a lot bigger than me too. Um, but I have grappled with girls and obviously I compete regularly now um, and I've competed a lot against all shapes and sizes and similar sized females, um, natural females and there is such a difference and it is really scary. <laughs> um, and if it wasn't for the fact that I had had MMA fights um, and I already have that mentality and I know what my body's capable of, yeah, um like i don't know if i would have gotten the same result that i did i ended up winning that batch um holy shit I won by rear choke yeah yeah i won by rear choke jesus but it took me 40 minutes
0: yeah i was yeah. gonna say 40 minutes oh, is a fucking marathon
2: we're, and grappling's so different to like striking and stuff because you're like tensing your muscles yeah the yeah. whole time trying to go for things and using like, and especially when someone's so much bigger than you too. Yeah. Um, so I got there in the end, but like, honestly, it's only because, you know, like I said, I'd had fight experience before and I knew what my body was capable of. But yep. like in the match, when my head got twisted, like the top few vertebrae, my neck went pop 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 like I got slammed heaps of times my whole body hurt for like weeks after and I had to actually recover from that I've never had that in any other match even when I and I always go on the absolutes and open weights and um like against a lot of girls a lot bigger than me similar weight discrepancies and I've never had that kind of thing happen but regardless my stance on it is that i'm happy for anyone to identify however they want to and that's fine and live the life that they want to and i do think that anyone who is trans deserves the right to compete in the sport and to be able to compete not only at a local level but professionally if they want to do so and pursue a career my only problem is that because of the competitive advantage that they do have um I, i don't think it should be against naturally born females um they're happy for them to identify in their lives as a female however i don't think it's fair in any sport whether it's combat or even individual because there's a number of things like it's going to like if if they were to compete and continue to compete against females um even in individual sports like i know from doing a uh, physical and training with men but even the men my size my height my age my weight are so much stronger than me they're faster than me they have better endurance they have more fast twitch muscle fibers they can jump higher and they can literally breathe more oxygen into their blood than me they can you know their synapse are faster they can react faster than me like so even if i've got the skills and the better technique at some point like you know they can train that and they're going to be better than me no matter what i do um and the most used performance enhancing drug and uh in the world is testosterone and its derivatives and Mm. that is Um, you know, using performance enhancing drugs is illegal because of the competitive advantage that it gives you. So not only the things that you're physically able to do, but also the ability to, because you can get more oxygen, because you've got a bigger heart, you've got bigger lungs, you've got more, you know, muscle density and bone density and all these other things that are not going to be changed by no longer having testosterone. Um, These things also mean you can train harder because you can, recover faster like so it's not just physically being stronger it's also these other things that you can train more than me you can recover better than i can like and you can take more impact than i can you can give out more impact than i can um but even in any you're gonna be better than i am um without having to do anything extra like um and so PEDs obviously are illegal. And um, my only issue is too that a lot of people blame the transgender athletes for doing the wrong thing, which I also don't think is correct because they're just doing what the system allows them to do at the moment. And so for example, um, the lady, the transgender athlete in the Olympics, yep. she hasn't done anything wrong in my eyes because she's not the one that made that decision that, to allow Um, her to compete against uh, in the female division. Mm. Um, That's the Olympic Committee. And I think their criteria for a transgender athlete competing in the the female division um, is incorrect. And I don't think it should have anything to do with hormones because the adaptations that you get from a life of testosterone um, don't go away. Yeah. yes some things will diminish a little bit but they don't go away and so yep. it's exactly the same as using PEDs so with them saying that okay well if you take the hormone replacement therapy and um, you get within this certain limit of um, testosterone yeah, um, then you're essentially a female well that to me is the same as saying well um, you can take PEDs Whenever you want, and it take ex- extra testosterone as long as when you come back to compete, your testosterone level is back down to normal. The standard that we, yeah. So that that's conflicting because they purposely test for out of competition PED use because even if they use it in a cycle outside of competition the adaptations are still there that long lasting effects yeah give them an unfair competitive advantage yeah so if they're if it's illegal to use testosterone for performance enhancing or any other ped at all yeah for performance enhancing effects outside of competition then it's the same basis that you get a competitive advantage that you can't change just by dropping or manipulating a hormone level yeah So that's where that comes into play. And what I think there needs to be is there needs to be a division for these people because they need to still have the right to be able to compete um, and and do whatever they want to do in life. And that is fine. Um, And if they want to compete at the highest level and they want to go to the Olympics and they want to, you know, make money, I think that's fine. Create a division for them because, okay, they don't if they want to compete against men that's fine but i don't think they should have to yeah but i don't think it's fair to the female athlete that's trained her whole life and she will never ever ever be able to lift as much as a transgender gender mm. she'll never be able to swim as fast or run as fast and potentially get hurt in other sports as well um you know for example in mma you yeah. look at the people that fought fallon fox which was the first sort of transgender athlete on the scene a number of years ago and they some of them suffered fight like career ending injuries yeah um and were never able to compete ever again and um you know that's not necessarily fallon's problem she was fighting within the rules yeah. that is the system's problem for saying that that's okay Yeah, um, and so give them a division let them compete I don't care if the same person wins a gold medal four Olympics in a row if they're the best in the pool of the people that are competing then they've earned it if they've put in the, the time and the effort you know it doesn't diminish their efforts but you can't take away you can't like how are you going to explain to that female athlete that's worked their whole entire life to play on a certain team or be in the Olympics that doesn't get picked because of someone who has a competitive advantage and explaining yep. to them, you know, you worked your whole life to not get picked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and not because they haven't done enough, you know, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, like, I That's um, my
2: take on
0: it. No, absolutely. It's it's good to actually hear that take. Um, like, and even from like a spectator's perspective, Um, I feel like even just like as a as an audience member in that fight, I can't look past um the fact that there's a like trans fighter fighting a female. Like I can't as like I can't just like mentally say like this is an entertaining fight because in the back of my mind I'm always just gonna be like. No matter um, how I look at this, there's always that factor in the fight. Like I can't, I can't just like put that aside and just be like, oh yeah, like good fight. You know, it, I feel like no matter what the outcome of that fight is, I'm always going to have in the back of my mind that there was an unfair it's advantage. Not
2: a level playing field.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like whether the trans uh, um, fighter wins or loses, I'm going to be like that didn't seem like the same as watching i didn't get i didn't i wasn't focusing on the fight
2: yeah and i don't think that you know i i honestly don't think that when people are like oh well you know they can't bench press as much as they used to when they were a male or they can't do this yeah but that doesn't mean that you can't do it more than a a normal female can or the other argument being that you know oh well you know that person that particular one example didn't win that division or you know um took some damage a born before female one but that but you know uh, no no so like uh like a, say a transgender athlete competing if they don't win yeah they take some damage before they win that's not an argument to say that it's okay though well, you know yeah like that to me is not that's then saying oh well, every single person that's ever competed on peds it's fine to use peds as long as you don't win by much
0: i reckon uh, picture this right (laughs) another category trans fighters or people that are on peds (laughs) and then and then still being under
2: yeah well, again i mean like that's a whole that's still a whole nother thing as well but like i mean whatever the terms are it needs to be a level playing field um yeah so,
0: I, I think that's know, it i'm not
2: saying trans fighters need to fight people on peds i'm just saying like it like to me it likens to the situation where the criteria at the moment which is used in the olympics which is yeah just purely hormone levels and uh, you know i'm just likening it to how they've yeah. Look
0: at Peds. I'm not saying that trans
2: people are on Peds. So I just want
0: to say that. Um, but I'm no. Nah, throw me under uh, the bus. I don't like. I uh, I'll. D- <laughs> 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 I, uh, no, that. no, no. I'll deal with. I'll deal with any backlash. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm not saying like currently on Peds. I mean anyone that was on Peds that then was under that. Like now, it's like now that you have that advantage from being on Peds, <laughs> you can fight yeah, yeah. but you have to be in this category of people that um had high levels of testosterone yeah. at some point yeah. in their life
2: okay okay i mean i feel like that again is something would be so hard to oh it's monitor or look at because yeah
0: yeah like any one of my theories it's not it's not like
2: it'd be so hard
0: it's not um it's not thought and out
2: you're, you're like going in getting bone density tests and like <laughs> going <laughs> oh yep yeah, you meet the criteria you're in this new division
0: yeah holy shit and that's that's uh so back to the the actual back to the fight um quickly there was a point that i wanted to ask about that what how how was the win received did you have any backlash or like was there any like 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 sour grapes or anything between you and the trans fighter ah the
2: grappling match well um a lot of the a lot of it actually ended up getting filmed um which was pretty cool so i've got some highlights from the match um but a lot of people started watching because it went for so long and also it was like a David and Goliath looking thing there was a lot of people around the outside actually watching um, yeah um, and so when I won there was quite a few people that kind of cheered and stuff um look I just gonna put a disclaimer out here that I, this particular person I don't think represents that community very well so I don't want this particular person to and their actions towards me to seem like um they represent the rest of the trans community um but this particular person was super lovely to me directly after the match on the day yep later and later on you know they obviously followed me on social media and interacted with me a little bit and all that kind of stuff and it was nice and then later on i got a lot of really nasty threats um, which was super fun and Whoa. how they were going to break all my fingers and,
1: um, Jesus. a
2: few, yeah, a few, other, a few other things. Um, and like they were sharing my post when I had a fight coming up and tagging me to so sharing my posts about the fight and tagging me in it. Um, so I would have to see it about how I was going to get smashed by my opponent and all of these kind of things. So, I mean, Ooh. initially received really well super duper lovely but I don't think overall um, it went it was received too well by them but um, that particular person as I said I think has some of their own issues um, and you know I don't think they're I don't think they're actually allowed to compete in grappling comps anymore um, because of some of the things that did happen at grappling comps eg, i was there and i was watching and i witnessed them bite someone in a grappling comp so wow. you know they're they're like i said they're not a good
1: yeah representation,
2: yeah i think of everyone else who is doing the right thing who is trying to you know compete within the rule sets and you know just genuinely like competing in whatever sport they have and they want the right to do so which i think is great but yes um my personal um opinion is also not swayed by that um personal experience that i have because i yep. don't feel like that one person you know represents the majority
0: yeah absolutely so no it's very uh,
2: crazy time very crazy experience
0: and when was that what um how many years crazy. ago but we
2: got there oh like two years ago
0: <laughs> yeah okay yeah right Not
2: that long like uh like beginning like uh, not beginning but early 2019 yeah okay So. yeah so maybe like march or something
0: and this was after like you'd been doing mma for a while and then when and that's like you said your experiences in um the like industry sort of prepared you a bit more for that
2: yeah um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's realistically like, it, it, when I'm saying like I got, I did get the win and it was a no-time match, but it was a hell of a battle and I was fighting essentially that entire 40 minutes. Like it was... What fighting, a war. Let me tell you that. So, so, so me saying that I won, there also would have been 40 other people that they had had a match with before me and every single one of them lost and i had seen a lot of them get hurt and not necessarily it wasn't so some things with that particular person were intentional but some of them weren't and they you know some things were just the techniques and just the size and strength discrepancy and especially mm. like you see it when people do submissions you know how easy it is in some submissions for someone to break an arm for someone yeah to, you know, put someone out you know for someone to hurt something or you know tear something you know it it is easy to do that so easy for that to happen when there's a big discrepancy yeah because or at least when you're evenly matched you can sort of feel that give and take but like if you're so much stronger than someone and it's a comp like at the end of the day you should be tapping but like the other issue is when you're a white belt and you're new you don't a hundred percent always know mm. when you're going to need to tap yeah yeah sometimes you're not quick enough or you don't realize like as a white belt when you're new you might not even realize that you're in a submission until you're in it mm. so that's where it can be really really dangerous as well especially with sports that are like combat related um you know that that risk is so much higher um and like i said i yeah okay i I won that match but i had a lot of sort of injuries
0: yeah a lot of recovery required after
2: it a lot of recovery and managing yeah after that match like yeah i have never like my neck has never been the same yeah i have to get it cracked all the time i get pressure headaches like my neck I've had issues with ever since that, Um, so for two years now. Yeah. Um, But you know, that's one of those things I obviously try and do prehab and rehab and manage it and do all those things, um, you know, and that's part and parcel of life. Um, But yeah, there was quite a few different parts of me that were very sore, that I had injuries on because of it, um, that I have not experienced against other people who were even heaps bigger than me or even when I'm in the absolutes where like I went in as a white belt you know competing against purple and brown belts um and a lot of them were bigger than me as well and more skilled and i never experienced what i experienced in that match
0: Hmm. that's insane like it's such a um yeah it's it's such a um like enlightening conversation to see it from your perspective um so it it was really good that you're able to like chat about it from your point of view um and yeah for me to be able to hear that and then also for the um listeners also to be able to hear hear um yeah hear hear the perspective because i think a lot of the time people just sort of don't know the full story of of people's experiences they'll just sort of like know um and look like there is obviously um components like that that i can't cover every part of of a thing and you can only talk about your experience but at the same time it's it's just really good to to yeah to hear it all and uh, yeah, i yeah i appreciate that taking yeah, the extra extra time to talk about to... it <sighs> <laughs>
2: yeah no not a problem at all and i guess that's why i wanted to say look this is my experience but that doesn't change me thinking that be like people who want to compete in their transition state you know i'm not saying that they shouldn't at all um and i think everyone deserves the right to do that um Mm. that's why i just wanted to you know say look this is my experience and although it was super crazy and i'd say you know it was pretty negative really um Mm. especially even the experiences with being around in grappling and circles and comps after that had happened but prior to them and no longer being allowed to compete like i watched people sign up and register for these events Mm. and then that person would and then all the females would go no and they'd all pull their registration and that also meant that for a period of time, it was really hard to even get any matches because
1: yeah.
2: of that, you know? Um, and it just shut down, it, like, the comps in that area pretty much shut down all the women in um, white belt competing, which if you don't go and compete at white belt, they're not going to keep competing and they're not going to go when they're a blue belt. They're not going to go when they're a purple belt and they're not yeah. going to go when they're brown or black. So it almost halted and stopped the women's divisions happening because where they were getting you know 30 40 people in the white belt divisions they were getting like four
1: mm.
2: and so then people will be like oh well i'm not paying 80 bucks or 100 bucks to go on a comp and get one match mm. you mm. know or potentially get hurt so we were, like that's the other side of it is that you know other people may end up going well No, I'm not going to put my body on the line. I'm not going to do it um, if that's the case, you know, and you may end up watching the decline of a certain division or a certain sport. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to happen, but I did witness that happening in this particular scenario as well. And you want the best for everyone involved, and you want all people to be able to have the opportunity to compete. And that's another reason why I think it should be separate so both people have the equal ability and equal playing field to compete on.
1: Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Um, uh, don't i don't want to run too far over um time i know like we sort of plan this to be within the time period I, but i also don't want to just be like oh thanks for your like your story all right see ya. so um and, and and like your experience and shit and 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 for the for the listeners like you don't even understand the shit that i put danielle through, like to get to this point she patiently waited like i'm glad as she mentioned earlier in the episode that she's not actually a violent person because i feel like if i like i've tested any and i can attest to that because if you had any anger issues like they would have just come out in the time i left you while i organized the ability to record this episode so that you can listen to this right now so um yeah just like i said this because this is director's cut i may as well give some people a little bit of information behind the curtain um but yeah anyway i um
2: yeah i guess that's why people are like shocked when they find out that i fight if they don't know me from that part <laughs> <of my life. laughs>
0: yeah oh before we uh wrap it up like the, i know that people might want to know this I, I think it was it wasn't a question um that i had okay, sent yeah okay yeah so look oh, look I at this. i'm just i just let you guys know yeah okay see, see there's a nice bulb there is that, that that led light you got on the roof there yeah. um <laughs> i bet you got an app on your phone you can control it you know every now and then you just dim it change oh, the yeah. color that sort of shit i got that in my room i'm just projecting that onto you right now um but yeah, Ooh. what a, what a, like check this out. Look, see that light Sorry, in the background. To train no, no, look see that light in the oh. background. The 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 tube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me just see if I can get it to go go blue. That's what I need right now.
2: Oh, best color.
0: <laughs> maybe it, maybe that's like the the mood lighting. I change it to blue.
2: Yeah, I like it.
0: Yeah oh no did i like not it uh, didn't do it okay all right fair enough there you go there's my that, that, that's an accurate representation a tech
2: issue for you
0: <laughs> hey there we go um that's an accurate representation of um exactly how great i am at with uh tech issues there we go hey back to blue um we got there in the
2: end
0: anyway got there and just like the light look what color is it now yeah that's right um so we got there oh uh, yeah it wasn't a question that was sent through but i feel like it's a question that people listening to the episode might have and uh, just to like wrap it all up and mm-hmm. close with this one they might want to know like how we know each other um so i'm basically i'll just
2: oh yeah great question
0: uh yeah so that that's actually submitted by me uh so <laughs> pr- pretty much I, um, and people that listen to the, (laughs) people that listen to the episode or know me, um, probably know that I work at the basement and, um, there was a period of time there where, um, where Danielle worked there as well. And I think I'll share, I don't know if you remember this, but I'm going to share the first time, the story, the first time I ever met, met you uh, while you're working at the bar. So. Go ahead, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, so me being a smart ass, right? So I come in. I'm not working this night, and I don't think we ever actually worked together. It was like more of like while you were there, I wasn't there, sort of thing. Being a casual job, um, I've kind of oh, been. I
2: think we did a couple of times. We worked together few times yeah, yeah. But I, I think initially in the beginning we we're always on an shifts.
0: right yeah. yeah 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 so it was kind of like you worked there but we hadn't worked together for a, uh, for a while um to begin with sort of thing so i've gone in there on a night off um and that's when i first seen you working behind the bar and i'm pretty i don't know how the story was initiated maybe you're wearing like ufc hat or ufc something um and i just and uh, me being in there on a night off you know a couple drinks deep i'm like oh you like ufc and you're like well i actually compete like a fight like not not obviously in ufc but like I, i i do mma yeah and um I pull out my phone and I'm just like, oh, I've got hardly any data left. So if you've got any fights online, make sure they're short because like I've got like less than a gig. <laughs> I need to like <laughs> And you're like, oh yeah, I've got this one here. It was like a it was it's like a 36 second fight or something like that, and I'm like, hey, perfect. <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah we pull that out i watch it and i'm just like i'm just like looking at it and i'm thinking because i'm still trying to be like the happy drunk dude but in the back of my mind i'm just like she's a fucking badass bitch right now like i i don't even know how to like show how crazy it is that this like what i just seen this like 36 second fight or whatever <laughs> um yeah so anyway that's when i was just like all right well I, my data rolls over at 12 o'clock so if i'm still here i'm just gonna like i'll 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 like subscribe and watch some more shit." and i, I think that like <laughs> it ends up being like a later night than i assumed it would be as most that's nights off do and uh yeah that's when that's when like i first met you and then we'd done a few shifts like later where i got to know you more and um yeah that's sort of the first i mean obviously you like you said there's two sides to every story but in my drunken night off that's pretty much exactly how i remember it
2: <laughs> oh i had so many funny memories at the basement related to obviously working at the basement and like music and obviously fighting as well because um i'm part of the reason why tren is such an avid um, MMA fan. Yeah. He used to be a casual, a hardcore casual back in the day. Um, and now I'm his personal MMA assistant. Whenever he has a MMA related question, he always sends it to me. Um, so for you guys who don't know, Trent was our boss at the yep. basement awesome bar and the basement awesome place um and yeah uh, i have so many cool random memories like that um i remember going into the basement on my night off one time mm. and i was sitting at the bar and a very very drunk patron came down and um sat next to me and he's sitting there, and then he's kind of looking at me, and he's like looking at my face, Yeah. and he's like, "You're really pretty," and kind of looks me up and down, and then his expression changes. So it goes like this: it was kind of like, "You're really pretty," and you're really buff. <laughs> it was like one of the funniest things I can ever remember. And then he was kind of like, didn't know, and I was just like, "Thanks," and then he just didn't know what to say to me and got real awkward. <laughs> was like. Cool. <laughs> Lots of random funny things like that.
0: Oh, that's. Basement.
2: But then we finally got to have some um, shifts together, and I guess that's where we became sort of good friends. After yeah. After that, so it was good times working out in the basement, and obviously love of music and fighting, and you know, obviously some gaming in there as well. So.
0: Yeah yeah no it's good stuff basement yeah no it's a mad plug for them they they kind of do already sponsor me by the um <laughs> by, by giving me a shift every now and then helps fund my my podcast <laughs> <laughs> um
2: yeah yeah i mean they used to help fund my fight career when i was working there so.
0: yeah that and um the occasional like heavy tipper would was kind of funds my shit as well Being a a bartender, you sort yes. of become a bit of a hustler, like when it comes to tips, <laughs> like you kind of got to be like, yeah. yeah, I
2: guess
0: so. Like, and I've seen people tip heavy, know,
2: it's a bit weird, yeah, yeah,
0: but it's never to me, I've, it's always to like,
2: I don't, really, it, I don't know
0: yeah it's always to like the the um one of the other bartenders or whatever you know like i'm i'm like the i've had people tip me not because i gave them more drinks but because i cut some dickhead off yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah like i've had people just like hey uh, thanks
2: for people band together over things they don't like
0: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) enemy of my enemies my friend sort of thing yeah
2: that's it i always feel weird about taking big tips you know I just as a female, like I don't know, I'm always kind of a bit weird about it.
0: Yeah. Oh shit. I. Um,
2: no, you keep your money. I don't want it because I just don't want people to be weird and be like, oh, well, I yeah. like something and better service and something else, or you know, true. Later, I'd be like no, fuck off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I <laughs> did that.
1: that <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: Um, I, I've been swearing this whole thing. This is the advantage of funding my own podcast. I don't have a network to fucking answer to. I'm not going to be like, oh, you're, um, sure. I'm not going to pull myself aside and say like, look, mate, really liked the previous episode. And like, you know, I'm a fan of the joke, but like um, some of the people around the network are sort of noticed there's a couple of like swear words in there that maybe, you know, might lose a few viewers. I know if you're listening, this is a shout out to my listeners if you're listening to this right now and 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 how yeah and hello to like all the danielle's listeners listeners that will like be the majority of this fucking episode's listeners um welcome to my domain (laughs) um but yeah also um it's good to sort of not have to answer to like a network and i think that's the advantage of podcasting and the advantage of being able to have our say and and that's also why like i have comedians on this show but i also mix it up by having friends of mine on the show people with a story to tell like i like to mix it up as much as i can um and not just sort of have um sort of like other comedians just because like to be fair and and if anyone's recognized this in episode
2: yeah i'm a great really great at dad jokes i'm
0: pretty
2: much a comedian
0: you got it (laughs) well um that's the thing right like um me um being like people that have listened to this episode will probably realize that for the first time in fucking ages, it wasn't two comedians fucking yelling over the top of each other to get a word in. And I actually shut my fucking mouth and let you tell multiple stories. So, you go. I know it's all about progression. I think the blue light in the backgrounds just really calmed me as a person. And like, I've had time to reflect on the episode. Um, but yeah,
2: so when you're getting close to rage quitting from a game, you just need to switch to the blue light yeah
0: exactly it's the i can nearly feel the soothing Uh, maybe blue green go for some cooler colors that sort of thing um but i feel like no matter how i look at it i'll always while there's a webcam on i'll see the red in my beard and remember that i've got that fire
2: (laughs) it'd be like if you ever have a fight you're gonna have to be out of the red quarter.
0: yeah but yeah anyway let's wrap it up with that um i've been (laughs) sort of um yeah like i said we dragged it out for a little bit but it's all been excellent content at no point in this i wanted to just be like all right let's like close it with that um sort of thing just because it just kept like flowing so
2: yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it just played out so well so yeah um (laughs) thanks very much for coming on the show and um hey next time you're in canberra maybe we could do one in person um just to um yeah absolutely rehash on any any more of the like things that have happened since since this episode or whatever
2: yeah absolutely i'd love that um thank you so much for having me on um i have loved being on also great to catch up and um even though you had it problems it's all good (laughs) um i've had a great time and it's been a great chat and some really good topics as well um and I just wanted to do a quick shout out to obviously all the people that follow me, all my supporters, friends, family, and all the businesses that I associate with and sponsor me as well. Um, you know, that allow me to do what I do. Um, so I could just name them quickly. We've got Jolt Fightwear and Savage Fightwear and um, Cajun Canvas we've got victory recovery systems um and then i've got a few others that i work with um which is you know uh dirty clean eats and um because forget nine to five there's some really cool um, businesses throughout australia that i work with um there's also a really cool company in newcastle called drop bear coffee so if you're looking for awesome coffee you should hit them up as well um but yeah So, just thank you to everyone that follows me and is a part of my journey with me and you know interacts with me on social media and that kind of stuff um you make this all worthwhile and i love putting on a show for all you guys and entertaining um everyone
0: perfect look at that i um was about to ask for plugs and just like the question she covered it all off um but yeah make sure you um make sure you give danielle a um a follow or um subscribe or whatever however you want to do it. what sort of what platforms you got out there that you um, want people to jump on
2: pretty much if you search drop their mma on just about any platform you'll find me so facebook instagram twitter like um. Uh, um. I've, I've got like a Discord. I've got Twitch. You know, just drop their MMA for everything, and that's most of the time. Like discount codes for stuff as well. So if you are looking at getting some gear, or you like some of the businesses that I work with as well, just hit yeah. me up for like that kind of stuff, and I'll hook you up
0: awesome yeah awesome stuff hell use that as a discount code anywhere just even if it doesn't work just type in anywhere you go and it asks for a discount code try it out I'm sure there will be yeah, some
2: just tag me. Yeah, it's like the Hamish and Andy card you, know, you just try it in any business. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And, and and I'm sure that out there somewhere there's some log file that some like web designer has to go through and see all the like tried um all the tr- tried codes that people have have given a shot to. And uh they might look you up and then f- fuck you got another follower out of it. Mm. So that's <laughs> (laughs) it's
1: business
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um i'm I'm gonna wrap it up with that thanks very much and uh if you're listening to this episode you already know my shit marky worthington comedy facebook instagram youtube i'm marky comedy on twitter because twitter won't let me write out my full last name um because they're so in the future. Um, actually, if you have Twitter, follow me on fucking Twitter. I got like fucking like twelve followers on Twitter, and it, they're, like anyone that wants to look me up in the US where they use Twitter, looks like I like have like six fucking followers. So uh, <laughs> make sure you follow the fuck out of that. But yeah, until next time, I'll uh, I'll uh, yeah fucking wrap it up and call it at that. Cheers.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Bye.
0: Don't it's buy me a drink. Just name names Yeah, so yeah right. Big Tony. you will get a fucking thrown out a strip cup with your floppy dish. Make people feel shame for shit all day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blow it Yeah,